Welcome to Douglas Wilson's The Podcast, presented by Canon Press. So, my name is Douglas Wilson. This is episode 310 of the podcast. It's very good to have you with me. Thanks for coming along. Now, here's here's the thing I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how Machen is still correct. Machen is still correct. He wrote in his um, day a very potent book, a very good book that would reward another. If you've not read it before, you should read it. If you've read it before, you should go go read it again. Christianity and liberalism, and what Machen's thesis was in that book is that liberal Christianity, that which is now dominating the mainline denominations, liberal Christianity was not a variant of Christianity, but rather another religion that was decked out in Christian terminology. So you had something that looked like Christianity. The church spire looked like a church spire, but the system underneath was another religion entirely. That was Machen's thesis. Liberalism is one religion. The Christian faith is another religion. And don't be distracted by the fact that advocates of the new modernism, the new liberalism, will use words like divine or atonement or forgiveness. They have a radically different definition to those words than what Orthodox Christians do. So that's his thesis. Uh, Christianity and liberalism represent two faith systems. They're two different religions. I think we're in the same situation today, and we have to understand that we are living in the midst of a pagan revival, a pagan revival, a restoration of an ancient paganism. And we have to understand that this paganism is well advanced in Christian circles. It's not just in non-believing circles. Now, of course, it's it's very much there in non-Christian circles. But on the in the main lines, it's overtly pagan. And in the evangelical movement, which is now now contains millions of people, there's a there's a soft, squishy, moderate middle, and then a woke left. And these people are still willing to call themselves evangelical Christians. We are evangelicals, they will say. We are evangelicals. But what, they ha- what they're doing is they're using evangelical terminology. Their system, their worldview, the, the whole thing overall is just simply paganism. The Christian faith holds to a creator-creature distinction. In the beginning, God created. God spoke, and something that was not God came into existence. And then God shaped and ordered that which is not God, and he placed a man in the garden. We rebelled against him. We fell into sin. And consequently, because of our fall into sin, we, our thoughts, our passions, our emotions, our reactions, our assumptions, are not to be trusted. And the pagan wants to trust all of it. The pagan wants to, but scripture says, there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. The pagan wants to follow his feels. The pagan wants to follow the impulses 
that he feels he sees and identifies as arising from within him. And he he just that's authoritative. If he feels like doing it, that's the authority that he needs. And this other things come along with it, where you don't in paganism you don't have a creator creature uh, distinction. In paganism, you don't have a doctrine of original sin. In paganism, you don't have a doctrine of vicarious substitutionary atonement. And one of the reasons why the cultural divide between different, you know, uh, red-pilled Americans and woke Americans, that divide represents a sort of distant downstream version of the same thing, because that divide is happening within the evangelical movement. There are woke evangelicals, but that's like saying pagan evangelical. If you're a communist evangelical, you're a pagan evangelical. If you're a socialist evangelical, you're a pagan evangelical. And if you're a pagan evangelical, you're not evangelical because it's not even Christian. Uh, so uh, I think we need to follow the uh, the playbook outlined by Machen here and and identify what we're dealing with as a an intrusive incursion of paganism into our churches. I think Owen Strahan tried to address this. I think he tried to echo what um, Machen did in his Christianity and, and wokeism, echoing Christianity and liberalism. But and it was a decent book. It was a good book. But I don't think it's it didn't hit the center of the target the way it ought to have. We are in much graver danger than that. Always will be Continuing on with the podcast, episode 310. We've had over 300 installments of Hamartiology by now, right? And so you really ought to know what we're talking about. Why do I keep explaining it? I don't know, but I just do. Hamartiology is the study of what the New Testament teaches about sin. Our word this go-around is kakopoeo, kakopoeo. K-A-K-O-P-O-I-E-O, which means to do evil or evil doing. Now, last week was evil speaking, and that word was made up of kako, evil, and logeo, which means to speak. Kako still means evil here, while poeo is the verb that means to make or to do. So, kakopoeo means to do evil. Kakopoeo means to do or make evil. In uh, the first usage, we learn something about the sin of omission. And this is um, something we get out of the synoptics, Mark and Luke. And he saith unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath, on the, on the Sabbath days, or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they held their peace. That's Mark 3, 4. Then in Luke, Then Jesus said unto them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or to do evil? To save life or to destroy it? That's Luke 6, 9. Now, this is interesting. I just mentioned that Jesus, that the scriptures are teaching us uh, something about the sin of omission. When Jesus healed the man in the synagogue with a withered hand, note that he, he called the, the healing an act of doing good. By implication, the way he framed it, by implication, if he had refrained from doing this, it would have been to do nothing, which is tantamount to doing evil. Notice how he says, is it lawful to do good or to do evil? That's the choice he puts. Do I heal him, which is to do good, or do I not heal him, which would be to do evil? 
So it was tantamount to doing evil if he just simply refrained from doing good. He, knowing the good to do, if he does not do it, is doing evil. This is what James teaches us in his letter, uh, James 4.17. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. All right, so if you know the good thing, and you don't do it, then that is sin. That's the sin of omission. The one who does evil is someone who has not seen God. God is light, and evil doing is darkness. God is light, and evil doing is darkness. Third John, verse 11. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. And the Apostle Peter, he, well, he reminds us that if we suffer for evil doing, that is simply justice. It is better to suffer wrongly than to deserve it. And this is something that the repentant thief on the cross knew. In 1 Peter 3.17, he says, For it is better, if the will of God be so, that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. So don't suffer because of kakopoeo. Suffer for doing that which is good. God don't never change. He's God. All right, so as we round into the straight, coming into the backstretch of episode 310 of the podcast, the book review this time is The Politically Incorrect Guide, or PIG, P-I-G, Politically Incorrect Guide to Western Civilization. The PIG series, it's a whole series of books, uh, Politically Incorrect Guide to Feminism, Politically Incorrect Guide to Western Civ, Politically Incorrect Guide to the Crusades. It's a it's a good if you want a starter kit on some controversial topic where you suspect you were handed a line, check out the politically incorrect guide series. This is the politically incorrect guide to Western civilization. Now, it has several things going for it. One of them is that it's part of a good series. It's just a good series of books. The other thing it has going for it is that. This book was written by Anthony Esselin, who is a very fine writer and a very trenchant cultural critic. And Anthony Esselin is here to defend Western civilization. If you were educated in the last few decades, well, it's been this way for a long time, but it's gotten to virulent, virulent levels in the last few years. Western civilization is regarded as the cancer of the planet. It's the source of all evils. It's the source of all kinds of uh, oppression and difficulties and problems. And it's, we just need to, uh, as the chant went back, here's a boomer, a boomer remembering old, the old days. Hey, hey, ho, ho, Western Civ has got to go. Hey, hey, ho, ho, Western Civ has got to go. And this is why there's an uproar every Columbus Day Columbus brought Western civilization to North America, and that's when the mistreatment of the indigenous peoples began and so on. Basically, this is a walkthrough of the gallery of Western Civ, with, and we're walking by all the displays, and Anthony Eslin is giving you a conservative's take on all these different episodes. Who was responsible for what? Why did that happen? What was, what was the background to that? Now, you can count on modern educators to tell the story of Western Civ, whether it's, you know, whether it's the Crusades or 
the age of exploration or the founding, the American founding or, you know, whatever it is. You can count on them telling the story in a way that reflects negatively on anything that has to do with our established institutions or customs or laws. And the Christian ought to be suspicious of this sort of thing. We know Christians confess one of our fundamental doctrinal tenets is that we are sinners and that the sin we commit, uh, well, the sin we're prone to gets into everything and it gets into the good things we do, it gets into the bad things we do. It gets into things we thought were neutral. It just gets into everything. So if you if you go hunting down through the course of Western Civ, looking for outrages, looking for double crossings and treacheries and broken treaties and all of that, you can rest assured that you will find them. You will find them. But you have to you have to understand context. And this is not to uh, explain sin away. It is simply to say, you're not telling the story the way it actually happened. I'll just give one example. People like to represent the settlement of America from the Atlantic coast out to the Pacific coast as a battle of white settlers displacing Native Americans, as though there were a homogenous unit of peoples called Native Americans the day before Columbus landed. No, there were warring tribes. So there were the Sioux and the Apache and the Iroquois and the Nez Perce and the Cherokee. And so you have all these disparate tribes, many of them bloodthirsty and savage, and at constant war with one another, grabbing territory from one another, fighting with one another. And then, after Columbus uh, discovered America, you had white tribes landing. They were the French. They were the English. They were the Spanish down south. You had these different white tribes. And the white tribes were competing with one another and fighting one another. And the Indian tribes were competing with one another and fighting one another. And it was not a uh, incursion of white people into the land occupied by red people. <laughs> That's not what happened. That's not what we're talking about. There were certain tribes that certain American administrations double-crossed and treated very poorly. I'm convinced that the Cherokee were treated very, very poorly. And the Nez Perce, right just south of us here in Idaho, the Nez Perce were treated very, very poorly. But there were other tribes that deserved everything they got, good and hard. And nobody, nobody wants to say that because they want, a, they want a politically correct, or that is to say, commie version of history. Anthony Eslin walks through a number of things in the history of Western civilization that if you, if you took a course back in college back in the day and appreciated much of what you uh, learned there and have been dismayed at, at some of the things that you hear coming out now, and you want a refresher that will pick you up and encourage you, this is a book for you. Anthony Eslin, The Politically Incorrect Guide to Western Civilization. Mm-hmm.